1995 Havelock Elementary Spelling Bee Spell License um, L I C E N C Bell. I admire your luck, Mr. Bond. My name's Bond. James Bond. Thank you, Mr. Bond. Name's Bond. James Bond. Damn you, James. You <laughs> taught me wrong. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, license. It's uh, They spell words differently over there in, in, in the Britons. Yeah. I don't think it's that strange. I mean, uh, they came over here. They got upset with their former government. We had a revolution. Of course, you're going to... Like, let's spell some words differently. Yeah. Fuck these guys. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I think they spell actually a little more phonetically than uh, we do. Lice. I mean, if you say license, they both look like fucking C's to me when you, when yeah. you do that. You know. Yeah. I was going to say when you do that math, but I don't know if that works out right. Right. Spelling's hard in America. It is. Anyway. License to kill. So this is was going to be license revoked. It was going to be. But and they changed it. In lost a bunch of uh, revokement. Yeah, so, it's a hard uh, word. Either that or like Cubby Broccoli just thought we're all idiots over here. A little bit like of Like in his experience, he's like... Uh, so he's an American born though, right? Or was he... No, he was British. No, Cubby, Cubby was the Brit. But he lived... He, he ended up living in the West Coast most of his life, right? Did he? I, I believe so. I believe he... I don't know. I haven't read my uh, Cubby Broccoli uh, biography. Yeah. Because I always thought, like, the interesting thing about Maybe this... if we're invited to Bond 25, we can have this uh, conversation with Barbara. That'd be awesome. We could be like, uh, Miss Broccoli. Uh, you know, so, you know what... Uh, this is kind of what we thought. Yeah. Can you correct some... You, just, uh, you, you know, want to you tell us some stories producer? about your dad? It was okay. great, great to see you develop as a producer. Just a reminder, Miss Broccoli, producer. I'm the one that defended his car being used <laughs> in that Roger Moore film. I thought I ranked it much higher than my partner here. Just FYI, you know, if uh, you want to give me an extra VIP yeah. pass, fuck this guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I would... If I got a VIP pass and you didn't, I, I wouldn't go. I think that would be... That would be the biggest dick move in that the world. That would be fucked up. By everybody involved, by the way. Like, yeah. If you got it, and you're like, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm like, okay. You know. Although that would be hilarious if she was like, oh, yeah, we're talking shit about my dad's car. Fuck you. No pass for you. <laughs> None. You flew all this way. You're doing a podcast in our country. No pass for you. I mean, I would laugh about it. But again, I think she's like an American now. She, like, she, uh, she's like an American now. <laughs> I, I, she, but this but, is why you're. But, but this is, no, no, no. Let me. Let me okay. Her and Michael G. Wilson are Americans. That's what is the, the interesting dynamic of the series at this point is it's a British franchise. Uh huh. You know Ian Fleming and all. You know the great you know development of the James Bond character. Yeah, with the British directors. Produced, but now it's produced by Barbara Broccoli and Michael G. Wilson. Mm-hmm. Are both Americans? Covey and Michael used to produce films together, mm-hmm. and Barbara wasn't a, a producer yet. Uh-huh. So if you go back and actually kind of where we're at in the franchise, she started as an associate producer Correct. and worked her way up to the producer, the PGA, whatever the right. the, the P dot G dot A title means. Right. Um, title, uh-huh. and now they produce the films. Yeah. Uh huh. How did we get in this topic? I don't know. 
But that's because you're of, not getting a VIP pass and I am. Then that's complete bullshit. Then, I'm going to burn this house down if that happens. Don't do that. So this weekend, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. birthday? What does that have to do with anything with James Bond? Nothing. I mean, it's just coming up. It's uh, like, you know, it's it's our listeners downloaded the podcast. It's a Thursday, just reminding them. Yeah. You know, just do community service. That's what you're supposed to do on uh, MLK. Yeah. You have the day off. That's your, just do something for your Cereal's community. probably out right now, too. Fuck cereal. <laughs> I knew that would get you straight they even they even come out the exact same time on Thursdays that we release ours. I'm sure they factor that in too. They're like fucking bonding over bond is doing great right now. They're they're they, they found that perfect time to to Thursday come out. Thursday really is a great day when you think about it. Season one did not come out at six a.m. It came out on Thursday though. It came out on Thursday, which is whatever. Like we thought long and hard about which day of the week we're going to yeah. come off on. But I purposely once we picked Thursday, I wanted to make sure we were not. There was like we weren't exactly doing what cereal was, and then I thought long and hard about the time we came out, mm-hmm. and I thought six o'clock. You're on your phone, so our listeners could be driving to work on the East Coast, and then eat clearly if you're on any other coast in America. However, if you're over in Britain, it comes out for lunchtime on you. I thought very hard about what time I came out, and then season two of cereal, they're out at six a.m. just like us. Hey, cereal, season two, not as interesting as season one. No, not, not at all. Yeah. Uh, unlike cereal, unlike cereal, we will never try to alienate our fans, even if we get popular. I don't understand that. <laughs> yeah. Like if we, if all of a sudden we blew up and like we're being invited to things and I we're doing podcasts like, on red carpets and we were just like, oh, I don't. I why don't, are people interested in this podcast? I, mean, I miss the days like, when we were in your basement creative, all by ourselves. My creative product, my, my creative product out in the world, and then people like it. Oh my god, I, why? Yeah, I, I'm with you. Then. I just nope. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they never could, they could never make that. I think they were so far behind in season one of Serial that why are we talking about Serial anyway? Because you brought it up on there. I think just to get me riled up. A little bit. A little bit. So uh, let's just go straight into some bonding. All right. All right. License to Kill, spelled the British way. Original story, it's a 16th Bond film, released in 1989 and starring Timothy Dalton. And you heard me right, for the first time in the James Bond series, this is an original story with an original title, mm-hmm. no connection to an Ian Fleming work. Double O Thirty. Double O thirty. My turn. Yes. All right. I'm gonna tell you. I'm not gonna make this one. I just. I know. From ahead of time, I'm not gonna make it. But uh, I'm gonna give it the old uh, college oh, try. Excuse me. <clears throat> college try. Okay. Can I? Can I show up? real quick? I just want to bring up. I was actually thinking about this, like how we could make this better. Hmm. Is if you made it every week, the week you made it, you you gain like two seconds for the next week. 
So you could have had 32 seconds. If you made it this week, you could have 32, 32 seconds. Made it next week, you could have 34 seconds type of thing. Yeah, but what happens if you – so if you didn't get it, you got less time, and yeah. so then you're never going to get it? 20 seconds. <laughs> this movie is shit. Uh, sure. All right. That's when, an interesting uh, thought. Then immediately I thought, having said it out loud, yeah, how God. horrible of an idea it was. But of course you said it out loud for the first time <clears throat> on a recorded podcast. But sure. yeah, yeah, that's a, sure. it's a great time to flesh out ideas for our podcast is live in front loud. of our listeners. Yeah, I yeah. think out loud. Yeah, okay. we're thinking with you guys. It's the kind of product we bring you. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to go. In three, <clears throat> two, one. Felix is getting married, but first, let's capture drug lord Fran Sanchez. Unfortunately, he escapes, kills Mrs. Leiter, and feeds Felix to a shark. But he lives. 007 is now on a revenge mission. He loses his 00 status, and the rogue bond fakes his way into Sanchez's inner circle. Sanchez is turning cocaine into an untraceable gasoline and then sells it to an Asian market. The CAA and Hong Kong narcotics are all undercover. There's a love triangle with Bond girls, a crazy tanker chase, and a super young Benicio Del Toro. Felix lives, and Bond gets his 00 status back. And, of course, there's a girl in the water. I'm going to give it to you. Thank you. You were definitely at like 30.3 or 4. Okay. And if you would have sped up a little bit, you would have made it all day long. So I'm going to give it to you. Oh, thanks. I slowed down on the uh, end, of course. There's a girl in the water. We haven't had that in a few movies. So uh, they jump in the pool. It's a technicality. I was going to say. It's a technicality. Yeah. I get it. But it's still in the water. All right. Still a girl in the water. It's been a few films since we've had that. Yeah, how did they end in uh, Living Daylights? Um, uh, he they're just he's watching the concert. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. In three, two, one. Bond is out to seek revenge for the killing of Felix Leiter's wife in this one. The villain, Sanchez, is a drug dealer located in South Florida, a violent, gruesome, dark Bond action film with one of my favorite Bond women in the series, Pam Bovier. Did I mention she's a pilot? Wayne fucking Newton makes an appearance in this one as a televangelist slash drug dealer price setter. Bond eventually catches up with Sanchez, and he dies a fitting death being burned alive by his own drugs, started by Bond with a lighter from Felix and his wife, Della. I love this movie. I wish we would have been, had more time to see Dalton. Close. It's okay. You've also had a streak. Mine broke last week. Yours broke this week. It's okay. I'm just gonna talk over my freaking. It happens. Yeah. It happens. Any loose sense? Uh, no. I Wayne Newton was gonna be a loose end for me, but yep. you you mentioned um, Wayne Newton. I think the only thing I want to say, and it's it's more like a uh, precursor mm-hmm. to the rest of us. I'm gonna make a ton of Miami Vice jokes. But don't get me wrong, I enjoy this movie. But I'm still going to make an inappropriate amount of Miami Vice comparisons and jokes with this movie. But I enjoyed it. I just It, it goes to show, this movie really, to me, hits the nail home. Like, I kind of knew it already, but this, this franchise does whatever is popular at the time. Mm-hmm. This is 89 in South Florida. Yeah. You know, the Paradise Lost, if you watch Cocaine Cowboys on Netflix, you know, Cocaine was all over South Florida. Mm-hmm. Everybody, you know, that was in that business had a, a bank account from Panama, mm-hmm. you know, because they would take the laundered money and they didn't get two shits. Mm-hmm. So it's like this, they did this just to fit the era, you know. Yeah, what sells? Yeah. And But it didn't sell this time. Kind of backfired. They sold it well, but it was not their best film right. by far. Right. 
I think this film is the the idea of a whole is greater than the sum of the parts. The sum of the part, like the parts, though, they're ranked pretty low for me. But the togetherness of the film, I enjoyed it. It was an enjoyable film. Go this ahead. Is, this is my octopusy. Like the way you feel about this movie is the way I feel about octopusy. The individual scores suck, but you right. kind of like the film, anyways. Doesn't yeah, matter. but I liked it way more than way I. Was I know you did. Yeah. But I love this. But movie. I get what you're saying. I love this. Yeah. Movie. This I rank this. Third. So when we get to the rankings, you, wait, what? I rank this movie third in my list of movies. Overall? Yeah. No. Behind Goldfinger and The Spy Who Loved Me. This and is then my this third film? favorite movie. This yeah. is your third. I really enjoyed it. And but it, the, you rank this as the third Bond film of all time? Through sixteen. Through sixteen, when we did our last running. Rankings. You rank this over from Russia? Yes. You're fired from this podcast. <laughs> Next not, week, a new partner. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. Sure. I still can't wrap my head around that, but I'm I'm gonna. I, I do I do want to say to be fair. Let me. What? Go ahead. Okay. To be fair, I gave more a hard time for not being a typical Bond. So as oh, you say more. More. Yes. Okay. So I want to be fair and I want to be consistent. I'm also going to be a little critical of this film and sarcastic with my jokes, but to a point, this isn't a typical Bond film. No, it's not. I just so I want to be a preacher. I don't want to seem like oh he's being negative. I enjoyed the film. I'm I'm I am going to take it to task a little bit for not being a typical Bond film, just like I did with more during the more era for not being a typical James Bond. I'm mean, so just putting it, that up. It comes there. down to like what is your what is your definition of typical James Bond film? See Ian Fleming. I, I agree with that to a point. I mean, I, I, I guess I would kind of... In make, a series of 25, this one doesn't fill the mold. This is not... Well, don't see... Then you can't use the argument C, E, and Fleming because... Well, I'm saying what is a typical... Well, when okay, what is a typical bond? I would say C, E, e and Fleming. Mm-hmm. More didn't fit that. Typical bond film, see the other 23. Yeah. This one stands out a little bit. It does stand a little bit. Right. I can't, I can't argue against it. Okay. So moving on. My favorite segment. Bond for the non-bond. I'm so not prepared for this one at all. But you defend this film. It's your third favorite film. But it's not... But I'm not going to bond for the non-bond. Let's see. Huh? I mean... Sell it to me. It's your third favorite film. All right. We can't keep I, having you're, movies you're, that you support... I agree. ...and then don't I support... Agree. But here's the thing. I'm not going to be able to do this. Be a champion of this you're film. Not, you're not going to like my arguments. Here are the reason I love this I'll film. give you three sentences. Sell it to me. This has, in my opinion, the best Bond woman in the franchise. And I'm going to be a vast majority, a vast minority on that topic. So Pam Bovier... Is your number one Bond girl? Yes. For the record. For the record. Your number one Bond girl. Yep. Okay. She's one of my favorites, don't get me wrong, Mm -hmm. but I'm kind of shocked that she's what your number one. Um, As much as you champion people like Plenty O'Toole. But she's not a Bond woman. She's not of that mold of women, though. Yeah, she's completely different. (laughs) See the undertones of what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I see the undertones of what you're saying. She clearly doesn't have the same features as Plenty of Tool, but mm-hmm. she's a former Army pilot. Right. She flies multiple times in the film. Uh-huh. She's a brunette, has short brunette hair, which I love all those things. She's powerful. 
She's willing to shoot. She's got a freaking shotgun at the uh, bar scene early in the movie. Like, I love so many things about this woman. In this Can movie. I ask you a personal question? Sure. If one day your wife came up to you mm-hmm. and she was like, I learned how to fly, would you just nut your hands ah! on the spot? <laughs> ah! I'd be done. Last orgasm of your life? Yeah. Just heart attack right there? I would pro- it probably would be a heart attack. Okay. Okay. Because I know it's never going to happen. <laughs> this is the woman that cried in the airplane when I took her flying. Yeah. So she has different qualities that I like. But, uh, you know, we had totally gone off course in the Bond for the non-Bond. I, a little bit. I mean. So let me uh, go. Yeah, that's your first sentence. Just Timothy Dalton was solid throughout the movie. Uh, he was just the dark, uh, smart. He was smart with putting the money in the decompression chamber. Grammar says that's your third sentence. All right, and the, the last thing is I, bonus I, actually, fourth. I actually did I, I enjoyed Robert Davi in his role as the stereotypical you know South American drug lord at the time. You know it was in it was in South Florida. It's a bonus being, fifth sentence. I, I'm gonna keep talking. Bonus being, six sentence. Being, being a child from South Florida, as you know your family comes from yeah. there. Yeah. You know I really enjoyed that aspect of it. I mean yeah. Bonus ninth or tenth I think it was. <laughs> I lost count. What, All right, what so this comments? is <clears throat> uh, two sentences. Mm-hmm. Three. Three. Do you like Miami Vice? Ever wish Bond could have shown up in an episode? Do, 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 well, wish no more. Do, do, do. That's my uh, that's my Bond for the Mount Bottom. Right See, there. I have no feeling of Miami Vice whatsoever on this. It, this is way beyond. The, How do you have what? This is way beyond drugs. South Florida. The capability. Where's Don Johnson? Nineteen eighty nine. This is way beyond the capability of the police department in South Florida. Yeah, but how did you ever? You must have never watched Miami Vice. I have. You? It's been a long time since I don't Miami Vice. Miami Vice always did shit that you would have locked. Like you looked at the TV show and you're like, "There's no way fucking Miami <laughs> police are doing this." But it was Miami Vice. All right. Okay. The entire movie in the back of my head, I'm like, "Dude, if Don Johnson just showed up, I would shit my pants because that would be awesome and it would be appropriate." The distinguished debauchery of 007. I wouldn't go as far as calling you a cold-hearted bastard, but it wouldn't be a stretch to imagine. Then you'll also know that in poker you never play your hand. You play the man across from you. By the cut of your suit you went to Oxford or wherever. Naturally think human beings dress like that. But you were it with such disdain. Since they're my six looks for maladjusted young men, I give little thought to sacrificing others in order to protect queen and country. Beautiful. Every now and then a trigger has to be pulled. Or not pulled. It's hard to know which in your pajamas. Q. 007. You think of women as disposable pleasures rather than meaningful pursuits. Martinis rank on the scale of zero to five olives. I uh, I give this two two olives. How? He does not drink that much. You gave your last movie two olives. He drinks half as much in this movie. So uh, as I mentioned, I give him one olive. There you go. There you go. We're on the same. <laughs> no, page. I have met two olives. Honestly, I have met two olives. For what? I I have Bollinger champagne and the bourbon. That's uh, it. Champagne and scotch at the end. I have two champagnes. And a scotch at the end. And have a lot of ordered drinks that he never drinks. Right. He orders a fucking case of Bollinger. Um, but yeah, he doesn't drink that much. I have a one olive. We, yeah, half as much as last time. He has his champagne and the bourbon. 
Is right. bourbon or scotch? It was a, a you know a brownish liquid in the bottle in the the, the short rock, uh, rocks glass. I'm gonna say bourbon because that's the Ian Fleming. I'm gonna say scotch. Okay. Because that just kind of felt like felt scotchy. I can see him drinking like a cutty cutting in the rocks. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, late eighties. Casino Royale, rank from lowest poker hand to highest. So I'm gonna go with a flush, and we have a quarter million in blackjack. Which I'm just going to call out right now. I'm going to say at Double O Pop, look, I know he doesn't gamble in every film. (laughs) And that that was your suggestion. And I respect that. And I get that. However, the reason why we do these sections, we thought very long and hard in our distinguished debauchery. What are the characteristics that makes up the character of James Bond? And gambling, we felt, is a big part of who James Bond is. I mean, when do we meet James Bond? We met James Bond over the table of Shem Defer. And the films we did, yep. and then in the novels, yeah. we, you know, M says you know, he, you're the best, yep. and that we have that plays poker. You know, we we, we know this about you and in your file, yep. and so he, gambling is just in his DNA. Um, and when he does gamble in the films, he gambles like a straight baller. He doesn't Typically. play around. Yeah, Typically. he knows what's going on. Uh, George um, Lazenby, but yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, but typically, yeah. yeah typically. So. You know, and just to roll up in a table, you know, half a million. Yeah. And me, me being, you know, uh, math. Guru handicapped as I would. He's like half a million or a quarter of a million dollars. And I paused the movie and I was like, um, one zero divided by oh, 250,000. Kind of okay. All right. All right, James. So I think this is the first time we play blackjack. Is that true? I don't remember playing blackjack in any other movie. Maybe. Uh, maybe he does. But we'll uh, fact check that. Go to corrections. Check the corrections tab. Uh, I have two pair. How the uh, fuck do you have this is a two pair? It's yeah, pretty low. That's a lot. It hand. is pretty low. I'm like, I'm gonna go. Dude, he gets a private table. That is baller. And then he he's up. I he, think I'm, you know, I think I'm, I think I'm clouded. I think I'm. And then how much by, money he won? I think I'm clouded by Miss Bouvier. Miss sure. Bear. Yeah. Because uh, that was one of my notes. I enjoyed her style with the short hair. She looks amazing. You know, the, the the sparkly dress and everything. I hated Timothy Dalton's comb back hair. How yeah, do you it feel? It was about 1989. That? Oh man, it was horrible. It's horrible. Like the suit was sharp. Let me and, and Timothy Dalton's offense. Okay, because you were well alive in 1989. You pull out any picture of you in 1989, and how do you feel about what you're wearing? Yeah, why? It was I, no one's best I, moment. Why are my shorts so short? That's exactly. Yeah, yeah. Why am I wearing a hot pink tank top <laughs> and shorts that are two inches long? Who the fuck dressed me? Why does that seat have a banana? Thank you, banana 1989. <laughs> Why am I wearing a jacket that has seven colors on it? <laughs> Turnbull and Asser rank from zero to five cuff links. I just want to say that was a little low on Casino Royale. I think so. That was a little low. All right. You were at a flush? I was. I'm going to go at least three. Okay. All right. All right. We'll fix that first. Okay. Turnbull and Asher. Yeah. I have it at three and a half cuff links. I have it at three. It's getting a little better. I don't know how you wear a half a cufflink, but uh, sure. <laughs> One side. Yeah. But I feel kind of bad, you know. Just I again, I, I look back at what I rated Roger Moore through all the all the films, mm-hmm. and I think I should have put him lower, because like I think that's a strong three and a half. Granted, he was wearing wetsuits. And I thought, I don't, wait, I don't know in your times. last film, you only gave him three. Three. I thought he, he was better dressed in the last film than he was in this film. I would say they're about the same. Honestly. No, in this film, the 80s was more apparent. You're starting to get to the bigger shoulder pads, 
uh, the, like your coat jacket is one size too big than it should be, which upsets me more than anything. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a suit. You wear it to fit, you know, you're not. He wore a tuxedo twice. And right. you wore the tuxedo in the wedding in the opening scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I guess you could make a strong argument that he dressed better in, in the Living Daylights than he did. That wasn't the best uh, wedding tuxes I've seen. No, the, the gray yeah. one? That was like uh, a view to a kill when they went to the um, the horse track. Yeah, I thought that was... Come on, Felix. Yeah. Just like an asshole. And, and just... No, I'm not going to go off topic here. Let me. Can I say something, yeah, though? And this is, this is going to be very shallow. At any point, did you look at Mrs. Leiter and the actor playing Felix Leiter and think, that guy... Yeah. That guy who's obsessed with his work and is never at home, he's keeping that chick happy. <laughs> no. No. She's either she's she's there because of the money or she's getting some side dick and then she's just, you know, fulfilling that need that she has. She's just an attractive woman. She was. And at no point did I think that, you know, that guy walked into a bar one day and was like, Hey, I'm Felix Leiter, I work for the CIA. Huh? At the same uh, just to be honest, you know, while we're on the topic, I mean huh? Do you really think like Every time, like look at look at your look at your audience and look at the track record of the James Bond, Bond series. Is it a stretch that James, that Felix Leiter was with that woman? Yeah, probably a little bit. But I mean, at no how, point have I ever time, felt every time James Bond touches a woman, he can pretty much lay that woman. So like the fact. Okay, that, let's stop here though. Uh-huh. Let's stop here. Okay. Sean Connery in real life. Baller. Okay. Done. Yeah. George Lazenby. Was a, a model for God's sake, mm-hmm. who walked into the part of James Bond with confidence and just bullshitting. I'm pretty sure George Lazenby never had a hard time getting laid for a while in his life. There, Roger Moore is a traditionally handsome man who probably got way more ass than anybody listening or doing this podcast <laughs> ever had in their life. Which is probably why he did seven films. Exactly. Like, I'm way too old for this, but I'm getting laid so often. Constantly. <laughs> I can't stop it. Stick. <laughs> yeah, no, good points. You know, so I thought that was believable every single time one of those Bonds, you know, did something crazy. And then Timothy Dalton never went out of his, you know, comfort zone. He's not betting 89 women and, and the films. Arguably, he only beds one woman? No. And the entire... No. Uh, he, he beds... At least two, which I'm like, no, no. no. He beds, he beds uh, Pam Bouvier and uh, Lupe in this fil- in this film. Does he bed them both? Yes, uh, Pam twice and Bouvier and Lupe at least once. So two. You don't think you got Kira Malovi? Not during the film. Are you sure? I don't think so. I have to go back and look at that. Oh, I was pretty sure he did. Check our corrections. Aston Martin. Rank from one to five hundred horsepower. Um, I don't know. It's a rental car. <laughs> did, did you notice, like, when he when he went to the airport before he knew like Felix was injured and and Sanchez got away, he was just gonna like leave the car at the airport. He's just like, oh, Pan Am, that's me. I hope this car disappears when I walk away. When Side I note: in, When I check in the first. For anybody listening to this, and uh, his last stand-up special. Louis C.K. has a wonderful bit about this where he leaves – I mean he's a comedian, so who knows if this story is true. But the bit, the premise of the bit is he was running late for an air – for a flight. Yeah. He drives up <laughs> with the rental car. I've seen this. Runs through, gets on the plane. Once he's on the plane, he calls Hertz and he's like, um, 
So your car is in the front of JFK. Uh, the keys are in it. You can go get it. And they're like, no, no, no. That's not how it works. That's though. not how it works. And he's uh, like, well, do you want your fucking car? Because that's where it's at. That's where it's at. <laughs> You can charge me how much? Whatever you want, but that's where your car is at. And he's like, they're going to go get it yeah. because they want the they're car. They're not going to leave the car. They're going to charge me like a week. Ah, fuck you. Whatever. Yeah, it's a Lincoln Mark 7. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember those cars growing up. Those were the knockoff Ford. That was the, the knockoff. It's not the knockoff. It was the Ford Thunderbird. Mm-hmm. But it was the Lincoln version of the of the fourth Thunderbird and the right. Mercury Cougar. Yeah, you know, so um, it's fine. Mm-hmm. I've had a hundred horsepower. It's nothing. No, that works. Yeah. I'll go with that. I'm not going to go out of my way to drive yeah, it. Sure. Q branch rank from zero to five Qs. Three Qs. Okay. Um, I like Q being on scene. Mm-hmm. Me too. Um, there were. Getting a little more like the I have the mana ray scuba disguise when when Bond was trying to follow the wave crest and uh, their radar picked them up and but they're like oh it's a mana ray you know ignore that um, the alarm clock bomb I don't think, I actually don't think he ever used that no he didn't yeah and then just the, Q says like uh, yeah uh, nobody will be waking up or any whatever joke he makes. Yeah, the Dead Knight toothpaste and the camera gun. Yep. That all works. And the laser Polaroid, that was a little fun gag that they did with uh, mm-hmm. Pam Bouvier. Um, and the broom radio. Yeah. So there were, there were quite a few things in there, but they weren't like totally crazy um, or that key to the movie. Right. Where, where'd you have it at? I'm just off the uh, off the rails on this one, I think. Oh, I give right. it five cues. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, a little bit of nostalgia. I mean, just just because I know, one, I'm always a sucker when Q goes on location. Yeah. And then, um, just a fact, we've been watching Spectre. I think there's a special relationship Bond has with Q. Uh-huh. Q always has his back, like, even yeah. when Bond does stupid shit. Yeah. Here, he, you know, drops his double O uh, status. Q shows up with, like, a fucking bag full of goodies. Yeah. And he's going to help Bond, much like Inspector, where, you know... The new Q, like he's gonna like, I he helps Bond disappear. Right, right. You know, he helps him out. And then knowing that this is this is really the last hurrah for for that Q. By the time he comes back and and Goldeneye, he's old. He's he's aged a lot. Yeah. In those years since Goldeneye, and then he's just kind of like, he just has a few scenes. He's a Goldeneye, and then uh, tomorrow he does nineteen. He goes through nineteen. So this is sixteen. Yeah, he does. He does through. He, he does time. three, but his roles in those. I mean, even yeah, in the he last dies right before the world is not enough. Right, the or, last or one that he was in, they already have. Uh, was it R? Yeah, yeah, they're bringing the other guy in. They're, yeah, 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 you know, yeah, yeah, because yeah. he he had a limited you yeah. know capability. He was he was getting older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I just enjoyed that that you know having Q out there. And yeah. Just the fact that he shows up with this fucking bag and he's just like pulling shit out that he has for yeah. for James and he's along, willing to help him out. And, along those lines I really enjoyed when, when Pam is smoking the cigarette like where's James at and and, and Desmond Llewellyn Q goes don't worry you know 007 always comes back. You right. Know? Yeah that was good. I enjoyed it. Yeah it was good. Alright I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah. You know. You actually are you have a weakness for nostalgia? Who really? knows? I mean it's kind of nostalgia but you just have a love for Q. I yeah. know now. Okay. License to kill. Rank from zero to seven rounds. So I give it seven rounds. Again, I think I'm off the charts on this one. I'm fine. It's he there's eleven kills that I had. I think there might be a little more. I always miss kills. I just get excited in the action. 
sequences. There's obviously, we know in the future there's going to be more kills. We're going to have to rework how we do this when we get to the uh, Pierce Brosnan error, but it's kind of a return to the violence. Yeah. I think a little Very bit. Very violent. Yeah. Where are you at? I had 11. I have 12. Okay. Yeah, so we're so. in. We're very closer. Yeah, very the, by far. Even um, you know, I like to bring up like Heather casually was watching me watch these movies, and when uh, Cress was killed in the, the decompression chamber. Oh yeah. She was like, "Good God! I'm like, what are you watching? Oh, it's a James Bond movie, really? Yeah. Like, yeah, this is a totally totally different. And then yeah. uh, Dario mm-hmm. being chewed up by the uh, cocaine crusher thing. Poor that Benicio was pretty nasty. Toro. Yeah. Then and uh, Heller. With the forklift through his back, mm-hmm. and then even the way Sanchez was killed, which I really loved, mm-hmm. you know, having his own cocaine gasoline soaked all over his body, and bomb lights him up the the lighter he got from Della, yeah, and Felix. Very gruesome movie. I have it at five rounds. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're in the, we're in the same ballpark. Yeah. All right. Finally, the quote: Bond girls. End quote. Rank from zero to five suffragettes. My favorite Bond woman of them all. I had no idea. Miss Pam Bouvier. Uh, she's a friggin' army pilot. You've gone over this. I know. Yeah. You know, she's short hair, great. Yeah, yeah. I love her bullshit line. What's your ranking? Uh, minus three. So zero. She's so powerful that it is minus three. No. She's, no. She can't be minus three. Why not? What are we gonna she do? She embraces the femininity of the Bond women. Like, she... What are you gonna do up. when we get to tomorrow she never dies? Up for all the shitty Bond women we've had previously. She's at zero. I'm auto correcting you. She's at zero for you. Then we're at zero at this film. <laughs> all right. Okay. I'm at one. 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 You should be at zero. I'm not at zero because she cries like a little bitch when when um, when, when she thinks that Bond picked with Lupe. We picked Lupe. A real woman would have punched Lupe right in between Tate. Just uppercut the Tate. Be like, that's my man. That's my guy. And said, she's like, it's like a fucking high school you know, crush. That's a valid point. That's a valid point. So I gave it one for that. I'm going to change my score to minus two suffragettes. To zero. You're going to change it to zero. I will say, I will say, Pam Bouvier is one of my favorite Bond girls. She's up there. She's very high. And the combo between Pam Bouvier and Lupe mm-hmm. Lamora, mm-hmm. the one-two, might be my favorite one-two combo of all. Also, as a fellow brown person, is is Lupe our first Hispanic Bond girl? Is that are we repping for the first time, my people? We finally got a Latino Bond girl up in there. Sorry, I'm thinking. I'm looking. Yeah, just r- roll through them in your head, little. I think so. I think so too. And Pam Bouvier, did you know that she was married to uh, Richard Gere? Yeah, yeah, I did. For, for a hot minute there. Are they not anymore? They got divorced in 2013. That's sad. Well, I mean, you know, she's she's free out there. If things ever don't hey, work Pam. out. Hey, Pam. I mean... <laughs> hey, Pam. Hey, uh, Carrie, your real name. Yeah. Not your character. Do you actually know, even know how to fly, Pam? Or do, Carrie? do you, uh, Carrie, do you know how to... <laughs> That's upsetting. Carrie, I'm really attracted to you, but I only want to call you Pam when we date. That's uh, Are you okay with that? How do you feel? Yeah, How do you feel strange. about moving forward that? Bovier, do you know where the um, where that name comes from? The inspiration for that name? Oh, it has to be Thunderball. No. No? No. Because I was going to say, what's, what is Jacques Bovier? 
But that's not the inspiration for me. Yeah, because I was just thinking, because I, I pronounced it wrong earlier. It's, it is Bouvier, but I thought it was Beauvais. Mm-hmm. What, what is the inspiration for it? A1 Jackie Kennedy Onassis. It's her maiden name. That was the inspiration. I did not know that. Yep. And much like... Hadn't uh, she been... Was she alive at that point? Much like... What do you mean, was she alive at I don't that know. Point? I mean, I, you are so obsessed with the Kennedys and the, and the Onassis and all that I love shit. Jackie, yeah. I mean, I... Okay. Jackie was a... She's beautiful. Jacqueline Kennedy, you gotta... Are you... I just don't care that much. She's I'm a beautiful saying, woman. I just don't care that much. She's still a beautiful woman. Yeah, sure. Okay. Absolutely. Cool. Yeah, she's definitely alive at this time. 89? Yeah. She's very much alive. Yeah, when, did, when did she die? Do you know? Uh, Mid-90s? I'll give it to you. 94, I think? We'll fact or is that Sinatra? We'll fact check that. We'll figure it out. No, I did not know that. Mm-hmm. All right. Welcome to Bonding Over Bond, running rankings. Opening sequence. Is that still all Bond girls? Yeah, that was all. That was a lot. That was a four-minute Bond girl segment. Woo! All right, running rankings. We ran a little long in distinguished debauchery there. Yeah. So. Let's make some catch up. I think we're gonna go really quick here because I can already tell you that opening sequence, bottom third. I have it at the middle third, and I will tell you that. It, in hindsight, it really set the tone for the movie. Like the whole, we're get, oh, we're getting married. It was very late 80s, very early 90s action movie. Uh, let's take advantage of the situation with, you know, the drug, you know, cocaine cartel and everything in, in, in South Florida. It was very cartoonish a little bit for me. And we're jumping out of the airplane. I did like the aviation aspect of it. Mm-hmm. You know, with catching up the Cessna and everything. Right. I thought that was kind of cool, but. Right. Yeah. Bottom third. Uh, middle third. Okay. Main movie song. You know where I have the song? Why don't you tell me? Bottom third. Middle third. Mm-hmm. Next segment. Cars. You know where I have the car? Bottom third? Yeah. So do I. Hey. hey. The villain. All right, I guess we could finally have a real discussion here. Yep. The, the villain. Mm-hmm. This is your film. You're the fan of it. Let's I have him in the top third. third. I, and and actually, I have him in the top third. Mm-hmm. And actually, it, it, when we did our running rankings for the top 16, uh-huh. he's my number two villain. Yeah, but you're also not really good at ranking your villains. I mean, you're notoriously bad. I, no, that is your opinion. I mean, I think I probably don't meet the mold of what people think as a typical villain. Like I have Stromberg, and say, I have people that get their hands dirty. Like San- Sanchez. You know who gets their hands dirty? Mm-hmm. Dirty. You know who gets their hands dirty? Mm-hmm. Francisco Scaramanga. Which is why he's number three in my list. He's number one in my list. I know. I we mean, already know that. You yeah. can listen to uh, two podcasts yeah, ago. Exactly. We talked about I mean, that. Look, let me let let me uh, wet blanket your okay. your number. Would you say number two? Number two. Your number two villain. He's a ruthless villain. We but, should get him up in the fucking top of the list. But. He's not really a Bond villain. This movie is not a Bond movie. Okay, look. Bond is caught up with him. I would make the argument Listen, that From Russia With Love is not a Bond movie. It's from, a spy movie. From Russia With Love. It is Love not a Bond movie. Is the Bond movie. No, but it's not. It is not. The formula had not been made yet. It was on the way to making the formula. Correct. Which was Goldfinger. 
So I would make your argument of From Rush With Love is also not a Bond movie. This is not a Bond movie. It is an action movie from the late 80s, early 90s. It's actually in the same fucking category. I'm, I'm, I'm convincing myself. I know I'm looking at sure. your face. I'm sure. Looking, I am not convincing you. I'm just going to wait till you stop talking, and then I'm going to say what I was going to say anyway. Go ahead. Finish your thought. All right. So I'm going to say, he's not a Bond villain. Bond is caught up with him just because it's a revenge plot for mm-hmm. Felix. Mm-hmm. What Sanchez is, he's a typical DEA, FBI, America-type, Miami Vice, drug kingpin. Yep. If we're ranking drug kingpins, this guy is the top of the list. He's crazy. He's going to do what he needs to do. He's got a whole operation. Wonderful. If it's an American drug movie series, yeah, this guy's wonderful. But you're talking about Bond villains? Blofeld holding the world hostage. This guy couldn't hold Blofeld's balls in most of the instances. Hugo Drax, is he trying to put people on space, blow up Earth, build a new society? No, not at all. He's trying to sell some cocaine to Asians. Fuck you, dude. You're little. You're Bush League. You're not a Bond villain. You're a Bush League drug-killing kingpin. Get out of here. From a big picture standpoint, right. I, I understand what you're saying. Exactly. But from a violence standpoint. But we're not ranking violent villains. Excuse me. We we're have ranking not, we, Bond villains. No, we're not. We're ranking villain. This is a villain. He is a violent, evil person. I wholeheartedly agree with everything you just said. Thank you. It's actually made me rethink my my ranking of him. It probably will factor in when I rank him and we do the whole 24 ranking series. Mm -hmm. But to say that he is... Where where are you going to rank him based on those thoughts? Like, where do you rank him? He's in the middle. Right now he's sitting at 11. Yeah, where do you put... who's, Who's above him and who's below him? Do you have that in front of you? Right now, today? Yeah. After 16 films? Yeah. Uh, he's at 11, so above him, Dr. No, uh, Blofeld from Diamonds, Goldfinger, Hugo Drax, Max Zorin, Blofeld from Yoni, Blofeld from uh, On Her Majesty, Largo, uh, Grant, and Scatamanga rank above and him. And who is just... Give me give me three below him. Right below him, Stromberg, General Orlov, and Camille Khan, and Whitaker. Through 16. Yeah, I mean, I don't like this much below that you have below him, but I think, like, having heard your 30 seconds of argument of why he's not a top tier villain, right? I understand everybody you put in front of him, right? And I agree with it. Um, yeah, I, I, I see your point, and it's probably going to factor in the way I rank him in the future. Mm-hmm. But so I'll give you a point for that. You win that argument, but I still think he's a very strong villain. Oh no, I, I agree with you there. He, I, yes. may not, he, not, he may not fit the mold of a Bond villain, but he's still a very villainous. You know, he did a great job as a villain. Oh, absolutely. In the series. Yeah, absolutely. Plus, uh, you have uh, Benicio del Toro. Yeah, I mean, it was the entire cast of villains. I thought was pretty strong. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were all they all had their part. Like even Truman Lodge, who was the the dumbass accountant. You know, he was just. I was I was glad when he got cut for overhead reasons mm-hmm. at the end. The actor's portrayal is Bond. James Bond. I'm just the same thing that we said last film. I, I have really nothing more to add. Yeah, horrible hair. Other than that, I, very small. human, visible scars. Mm-hmm. Rank the overall movie. Segwaying to what you just said in the last segment with human scars, one of my favorite scenes. It's very small. It's very quick. When uh, Mrs. Leiter 
tries to give Bond the uh, absolutely love that the garter, it, the garter. Mm-hmm. and you could just be acting it. He doesn't say much, just mm-hmm. his facial expression, how he acts, and then Felix has to explain yeah. to her. And he still acted professional when she insisted on giving him the garter. Right, he took it. Like, Thank you. His wife. See you later. I thought that was, that was a nice little nod to Tracy. Yep. And just the acting of it. That entire scene was just perfect. The way they handled that. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, I'm not gonna do a great job defending this. I don't think. I think you're gonna. I'm gonna. Hi, I'm in hindsight. I'm gonna hear you already saying like you didn't defend this movie. You love this movie, but you didn't defend it. And it's just. I, I, it's hard to defend something that you're gonna point out the obvious flaws. But I don't care because I still liked it. You know what's fact, what's interesting movie, though? What's that? Is in my entire movie notes. Mm-hmm. Most of my notes are circling around why it didn't do well in the theaters and not really an attack on the film. I found it very interesting that um, because I like this as a movie nerd, this is the time in America where due to Indiana Jones, we introduced the PG-13 ranking. So a lot of films that would have been PG and it's a big deal because PG-13 in America, you had to be 13 and older to go by yourself. So you lose an audience of kids who would go plus parents who see the PG-13 they're not going to go as much as a family. Mm-hmm. So that cuts into the money-making that you have uh, when a film is ranked PG-13. And then that summer, this is also trivia, last Bond film that's released in the summer. The summer that this movie comes out, it is competing with the following list of movies. Michael Keaton's Batman, <laughs> Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Lethal Weapon 2, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, and Ghostbusters 2. The, mo- the, the summer season of 1989, I remember clearly I saw the following films in theaters. Batman, <laughs> Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Ghostbusters 2. I saw those three films. My father did not take me to see that James Bond film in theaters. Yeah. But as a family, we did go see Batman. On hindsight, should my father have taken me to see Batman in 1989? <laughs> maybe, maybe not. <laughs> Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, completely I appropriate I as a family. Yeah. And Ghostbusters 2, there's no that. reason, I don't think, there's no reason to take not take a family to see Ghostbusters. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's, it's interesting when you kind of have to put an asterisk maybe by the total gross amount that they want. I, think, they I think so on this one, it's yeah. not fair. You know, going against those juggernauts. I mean, those are some of the the biggest blockbusters, you know, of all time. Mm-hmm. And to come out in one summer, I mean, Batman and Indiana Jones. I mean, reached that all time status. That's just that's a tough summer. Yeah, that's, I, a, that's you, a tough lineup. Would you call this the lethal weapon of the James Bond movie franchise? I don't even know what that means. I mean, just the way it was filmed. It was filmed in an '80s way. It was yeah, just it was filmed it's in the late, Miami vibe of the '80s way. Like a little bit of comedy here. Like even some of the sidekicks, like Sharky. Was that James Brown? The no. DEA guys? Who was who were the two DEA guys? What? I thought one of them was Jim Brown. The running back. Oh, no. It wasn't? No. I want to check IMDB on that. Yeah, you do that. We'll do that right now. A hundred percent. None of them were James Brown. <laughs> I don't know, it was just uh I like I like Sharky. He's a good sidekick. What what else was he in? I haven't I haven't done the IMDB I search. Have no, I have no idea. He was in he was in a lot more movies that era. I'm not sure at all. What do you think of John Glenn, the director? Yeah, you know, it's, it's he's done a ton of them. I liked I liked him. I mean, this is the last one, right? Uh, yeah, I think it is. I think it is. It's Martin Campbell's next. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. I mean, but the whole uh, the doves on when he was trying to kill Sanchez mm-hmm. and putting the dentonite toothpaste around the window. Yeah. 
and the the birds fly out. That's his thing, though. That is his thing. And every movie he does. Which we saw in Spectre yeah. as well. Um, so I was happy to see that. I mean, mm-hmm. Yeah, I really, I, I, I mean, I just, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a great. It kept me watching it the entire time. I was never bored at any time in the film. Yeah, no, no, that's true. I really enjoyed the, the little trickery they did with Crest and putting the money in there. I, we talked about it previous. I can't remember what the previous podcast was, but the way that Bond dropped in little seeds of deceit and confusion to Sanchez, where basically he didn't have to do anything. Sanchez killed off his entire workforce. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so I enjoyed that part of it. Did you realize that the next movie that would have come out, Property of the Lady, is pretty much the octopusy plot with the egg? I did not know that. Yeah, that's what that. Uh... So I would I would have been interested to see what that film. It was pretty much going to be a film where they just used the title, but obviously they yeah. would have they would have had to use a whole new plot because they used a Fabergé egg mm-hmm. and octopusy. Although it would have been great if they did the plot of the original octopusy, where the James has to hunt down a traitor mm-hmm. and then lets him live, or no, lets him kill, lets himself. Him kill himself. That would have been, I think, uh, that would have been a perfect and a nice touch for Timothy Dalton's Bond. Yeah. To, to do that. I think you would have done that scene very well. Mm-hmm. And um, What'd you love? Anything? What I love about this film... Oh, I'm sorry. I, mean, I jumped off the... It's a pretty real film. So it I hate real. Be, yeah, it's you know, pretty real. I mean, I don't know the uh, chemical. I'm not a chemist. So any chemists out there, feel free to uh, tweet like, us. There's no way can... you can do gasoline and cocaine together. Right. I mean, I, I, don't, I have no idea. But like, I'm going to buy into that premise and yeah. just, uh, if that's a thing. Somebody should do. probably do that. If you're in the drug cartel, I mean, that's probably a great fucking idea to move stuff. I'm just saying. I'm pretty sure if you could have, though, like, it probably would have been done. So I'm going to guess you can do it. Um, what did I love? I loved how dark it was. And I loved the supporting characters. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a great cast of uh, supporting characters. And I love the Bond girls in this one. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, uh, two other things. The killing of Killifer. Uh-huh. When Killifer was hanging by the hook. Or was, like, holding on. You know, at this point, Killifer had given up Felix Leiter for $2 yep. million from Sanchez. Yeah. And and Bond throws the money onto Killifer, which makes him fall into the shark pit. Right. I love it. That, that goes into the... Uh, uh, for your eyes, only kicking the car off the cliff, the, the mm. dent killings, you know, to that level, the the Sanders killing of swiping the tie, Roger Moore, that falls into that category for me. Okay. And the barefoot water skiing where he caught onto the airplane mm-hmm. and knocked the two guys out of the airplane. Yeah. That's one one of the things I missed during Spectre when uh, he knocked uh, Skiara out of the helicopter. I was missing. I was looking for the dummy falling out of the airplane. Mm-hmm. Like I I, I want to see that that fixed body falling through the air, smacking into the ground or the water. Like you see when in the past when cars go off cliffs or people fall off, skiers go off cliffs. Yeah, yeah. I, I miss that. So that was it was fun to see that in the uh, in the airplane scene. Okay. What'd you hate? Uh, the uh, Felix Slider. Yeah, I didn't love him for sure. Okay. I didn't put him in the hate category, but I can buy that. I just don't buy him with Timothy Dalton. I bought him with with more and Live and Let Die, which is where he appeared. But I don't buy him and you know with Dalton's portrayal of Bond. Okay. I kind of put him in the same category as uh, Felix Leiter with Bond and Goldfinger. It just seemed totally. Like, do you remember the you remember mm-hmm. the Leiter from Goldfinger? Yeah, it just, it just a match. Totally. Yeah. yeah, they don't fit well either. Uh, I would kill or I would I would I hated the uh, the semi truck on his back wheels going uh-huh. through the fire. So that's kind of dumb. 
Would you kill? I would kill when the movie was released. I would be I would be a smarter. Oh, in the summertime. Smarter production, summer? or you know, as a producer, just like that's it's not gonna work. Yeah. You see the writing on the wall, like. Ha <laughs> Yeah. Ah. Pun not intended there. <laughs> I just I mean I remember as a kid like what a big deal, Batman was that summer. Yeah. It was huge. It was everywhere. Like you had to know that movie was gonna destroy at the theaters. Ghostbuster, one was giant and just mm-hmm. the special effects that they were doing like you had to know Ghostbusters 2 we probably don't want to go up against that mm-hmm. Hun- Honey I Shrunk the Kids maybe those surprised I don't know but I knew as a kid like every kid I knew went to see that film mm-hmm. you like so you had to know like you're looking at the schedule Indiana Jones no brainer Lethal Weapon 2 after Lethal Weapon like you had to know it was going to be Murderer's Row yeah you know with theaters and like where do you fit you're another action film you know in that like you know you're going to get the higher rating for PG-13. You know that you your movie was originally licensed Revoke. So you had all you had, you had the budget for material was already spent yeah. on things that said licensed Revoke. So it, it, just postpone it. You know, like don't take the loss, don't hurt the franchise. Says the guy who's never produced and released a movie. Yeah, you know, but they're valid points. I was looking at and I don't I don't have it in front of me right now, but uh... It was really interesting looking at the grossing of the films mm-hmm. uh, and just like how well other ones did. And to have not, I didn't know that viewpoint of like the other movies that came out. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Um, License to Kill, 42 million was the budget, and they made 154 million worldwide. But that opening weekend, they made 33 million. So it's like there, there's, there's this theme of. You, they make four to six times roughly what they put on the movie. Right. Um, and it, it, it would be actually very interesting to go back and look to see like what else was going on in the world at the movies that were quote unquote flops. It mm-hmm. didn't meet the standard. Right. And to, to dive into the level that you brought up there. So. Which you can look forward to in our For Your Eyes Only series. Absolutely. When we talk about all this stuff at Nausea. Yeah. There's be a handful of people listening to this. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so you want to wrap this one up? Absolutely. All right. Good morning, people. I just landed in your town. Good morning, people. I just landed in your town. Next time on Bonding Over Bond, an Irishman, an N64 inspiration, and of course, a fan favorite. Download all our podcasts on iTunes. Tell every Bond fan you know. Rate us. Put some reviews. We don't want just Coitus Interrupt Us being the only random review we have. (laughs) Somebody else make some comments on there so we can get some stars so more people can listen and we can get a bigger community of of people bonding. Uh, Tweet us at bonding over bond like us on facebook backslash forward slash search us bonding over bond and send us emails you can go where scott uh bonding over bond at gmail.com we'll read them we'll yeah, read them absolutely. all uh, we want to get this respond. mailbag segment going uh um, if not in this series of podcasts when we start in 2016 our for your eyes only mm-hmm. um it is 2016 we got to get used to saying that uh, but later in the year and a few more months when we start that series after we finish reviewing all of the James Bond films. That'll be a great segment to have in that. 
And of course, last but not least, currently our website is at www.lionizepodcast.com backslash bonding over bond. Here very shortly, it's going to be at bondingoverbond.com, mm-hmm. but that site's not quite up yet. Of course, you can go to the site for more content, trivia, and news, and uh, the podcasts are also up there as well for those of you that don't have iTunes. And I think that's all our uh, shameless plugging. Yeah. So remember, English is English until you need to spell license or theater or color or humor or behavior or aging or check or colonize or defense or gray. Wait, wait. How do you spell gray? I mean, I don't know. I always mess that word up. But that's our spelling lesson for the day. Thanks for bonding with us here at Bonding Over Bond. Until next time, shake it. Don't stir it. Which normally would be the end, but I want to say really quickly, <laughs> the scene where Pam orders the drink and she's speaking to somebody who you have to assume doesn't speak English. Okay. So she's like, she's like, shake it, don't stir it. Jackie. <laughs> and if she doesn't, it's like, I don't think that's the international symbol for shaking, Pam. I think that's the international symbol for like, masturbated my drink, don't spin it. <laughs> Hey, if you do that, I'll do this for you. <laughs> right, right. But for our fans out there, just keep it simple. Shake it. Don't stir it. Good night. <laughs> nice.